What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. All right. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 178. And we have finally made it, Matt. We made it through a long, crazy offseason. We made it through the draft. We made it through the dead zone. It is episode number 178, our Sixers season preview episode as they get set to tip off in about a half hour. Uh, Welcome to the show, guys. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, man? Living the dream, and that's especially true because Sixers are back, which is great. The one uh, Philly sports team that hopefully isn't going to absolutely uh, crush our dreams this year. Although, if they do, I think it might hurt me the most. So, who knows? We'll yell a little bit later on, but uh, first three quarters of this show is going to be all Sixers, everything. Uh, they got us hype on the Twitter.com today. Ben Simmons does his usual, uh, you know, blown smoke emoji. Yeah. And then Tobias joins in and puts two. But then Josh Richardson joins in and puts three. Then Joel Embiid comes through with four, Mike Scott with five, and then Al Horford quote tweets Mark Farzetta on Twitter and completes it with the fist emoji along with the blowing smoke emoji. So thoughts and prayers to every team in the league. You know, ben has a great post-NBA career as like a social media manager because that's the second thing that he's been able to like really ingrain. First was Raise the Cat, which I think yes. should be back. I like it's kind of a bummer that that fell off a little bit. I think that was a little too early in like the six years mm -hmm. like a uh, rebirth to to really catch on. But I loved Raise the Cat. That was amazing. But yeah, the his his emoji tweet on game day is um gets me going every time. It's so. something to look forward to every yeah. single game. But um 
this team, man. I'm just, you know, we we've talked about how excited we are. Now that's finally here, like we just got to look at it for what it is. Like they are friggin' talented. They've got pieces in place that they've arguably never had. Al Horford is no longer a Celtic, and you know, tonight they have an opportunity to really have a statement win against the Celtics team that a lot of people have hyped up over the past few years. They're a little bit revamped now with Kemba, but they're six-point favorites tonight at home. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to tonight and just throughout the season with this team. Yeah, it's um, it's this is the second or third straight year, actually, that we've started the season against the Celtics. I think the third. Um, they've become definitely a, a nemesis of ours. And in years past, have beaten us in part because – of a certain current sixer Al Horford, but yeah, it's it's a different Celtics team than I think we've seen in the past few years in a lot of different phases. And part of that is they don't really have the front court anymore that really you'd expect to nullify uh, the Sixers, aka Embiid. Um, and the, like Kemba is, is a great player. I don't want to downplay his ability, but he's he's not Kyrie either. Um, so we'll see how it gets on. I actually think Celtics to be a little better than people are expecting this year. I think last year a little overhyped, this year a little underhyped, if you will, or, or not as, I don't know, people aren't buying in as much as maybe they should. Still think it's going to be a good team. But as far as the Sixers go, the team we actually care about, um, this is the most talented team that we've walked into a season with. And, you know, I, I think even when you look at the starting five, it's, it's probably the best starting five that we're rolling out. I, like, you know, you've, you've sort of replaced at the end of last year, you've replaced JJ and Jimmy Butler with Josh Richardson and Al Horford. I think it's semi-debatable as to like which is the better duo. Um, I think what's good about our current team now is I think we have a much higher ceiling in one category than we did with our previous team, and that's defense. I think the defensive potential of this team is incredibly high, and I don't think we really had a super high ceiling with uh, the squad that we were rolling out in May of last year. I think that was a, I don't want to downplay it. That was a great team, but I don't think that was going to be like a number one offense or number one defense. Uh, whereas I think this year we can certainly should be like a top five defense could be around that number one mark. Depends a little bit on, on health and just kind of how the season plays on. But I mean, this, this team is, is stacked and um, yeah, I mean, it's the most parody that we've had in the NBA as well. I think you look league wide, everyone feels like they have a shot. And this is the first time I think in, Honestly, for like, I was thinking about this. This is the first time I think in over a decade or almost a decade that you haven't been able to pencil at least one team into a finals. Um, you know, it felt like even, you know, since LeBron's been on, like, since LeBron was first on the Cavs, like, that's the last time that there was a little bit of parity, but you still have the Celtics and Lakers who, you know, back to back finals in those years and the Spurs are still kind of in the mix, but, you know, any team that LeBron was on, you knew the right. Heat were in the finals every year. The Cavs were in the finals. Every year. And then you had four straight finals of Golden State Cleveland, you know, and, and this year you're not going to see Cleveland and you could very likely not see Golden State, uh, maybe even in the conference finals. It, you know, there's people talking about them not even making playoffs. So, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are hopeful to be NBA champions. And I think there's at least five that could win a title this year. And Sixers are on that list, which is really, really exciting. And I think we're transitioning in the NBA from the era of the super team, which kind of started in 2008 with the Celtics. They kind of got the ball rolling, but then it was really full-blown with those LeBron Heat teams. And now we're kind of into like the quote-unquote NBA jam 
duos era of NBA basketball now where, you know, you look at the Sixers, it's Ben and Joel. The Clippers, it's Kawhi and Paul George. The Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron. You know, you go around the league, KD and, and Kyrie in Brooklyn when KD comes back. Um, you have Harden and Russ. Harden and Russ. You know, Steph and Clay again. Yeah. Uh, everywhere you look, it, it, Porzingis and, and Luka, you know, yeah, that's going to be, be talked about <laughs> at nauseum. But yeah. uh, almost every team has just like a duo now. And I would, I would still call that a super team, I think. You know, it's not like the three stars like we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, like we saw with Golden State was the, the definitive anomaly. evolution of that. Like, okay, this is unbelievable. Um, you know, even look at the, the, the Cavs teams that were going to finals. You know, it was LeBron and Kyrie was great and, and Love was, you know, bef- bef- it's weird before Cleveland, he was a huge star. Mm-hmm. Like, he was amazing. And, you know, just part of it is when you're on a team like that, your role is obviously going to get reduced. Um, but yeah, I feel like the, I still, I would still call, I would call the Clippers a super team. I, I think I'd still call the Lakers yeah. a super team. It's different now because it is definitely just two superstars and then everyone else. I think what's different about it now is they are, it's two like top 12 players which has been a little different. I think the only times you've seen that were Golden State, which you could make the case there's three top 12 players. Um, and with the Heat, when they first joined together, LeBron and Dwayne Wade were like two of the top five mm-hmm. players, really almost. Like, and then you throw Chris Bosh in the mix. Yeah, and Chris Bosh was like a top 15, top 20 player at the time. So yeah, it's, um, it is it is a little different, but it still feels very the same. It still feels like stars have all the control and, you know, I think one thing that's been neglected that I feel like we haven't talked about is who's going to be like the unhappy couple. Yeah. And not only that, but who's going to be every year we get not even just one guy, we get multiple all-stars that want to be traded. Now, a lot of those guys have moved in the past two, three seasons. So there's only there's only so many unsettlements that can happen, but it is going to be interesting to see who could maybe this season be that player that, you know, is wanting out by February. Cause I think if you had said this time last year, Anthony Davis is going to request a trade, like, you know, prior to all-star weekend, people would have been a little surprised. And then, you know, if you said in the summer, like, Oh, Paul George is going to get traded and Kawhi is going to get like, the, the, there's a million things that happen every year that you just don't really see coming. Like this time last year, the Jimmy Butler thing was still kind mm-hmm. of like fresh and no one really knew it was going to happen. And, you know, a month and a half later, he's on the Sixers. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, this season. There's going to be a lot of things that happen, but we're going to kick it with the Sixers first. And, uh, you know, just looking at this team right off the bat, we, we kind of hinted at it a bit in the past couple shows, but how many games do you realistically see this team winning? I think the over-under is 54. Something wins? like that. Somewhere, like, I guess it depends on what website you're using or app. I think around that mark is fair. I think like I think in terms of like general like variance, like I think this is I think at worst like a fifty win team. And I think at best nearing the sixty win mark. I would say they're probably around like fifty five, fifty six wins personally. But you know, I, I think that's a that's just common variance. Like you're gonna have like two or three games that could probably go either way. Yeah, so around like fifty five. Fifty five. Okay, yeah. So I think that's pretty fair. Um I would almost go under just because, not that I don't think the Sixers are good, but I think it's, if you're asking me which is more likely, I would say we're more likely to rest Joel a lot more this year. Mm-hmm. Horford as well, like, isn't going to be someone that is very similar to Embiid. He's not going to be someone that you'd expect to play more than like 70, 75 right. games this season. Um, and Embiid will be in the same way. You shouldn't have more than 70 on, on his name. 
we do have a, a deeper bench, which is helpful. But I think, again, and I think we've mentioned this, the East isn't quite as bad as it's been in the years past. There's not as many just truly, uh, sorry, truly tanking teams. Mm-hmm. And you even look at the division, you know, the Knicks have kind of been a team that everyone could beat up on. And they're at least going to be like competent-ish this year. They're not going to be totally bottoming out. They have some good players on their roster that it, it's not going to be a free win like it's been. The only team thing in the East that you could say is like is Charlotte. Charlotte. And that's a team that we've had no problem beating to begin with, even they were when they were sputtering into, you know, ninth and tenth place. So yeah, it, it's a lot of those free wins have disappeared a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think uh you know I, I would go under just because I think, you know, with whatever happens with any type of hopefully very few injuries to speak of and uh, anything like that. And just, I, I think that the league itself, I think doesn't have as many bottom teams as it's had in the past few seasons. I think it's only really two or three teams that are like, okay, openly going for it, but we'll see. I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if this team wins 60 games, right? Like, I don't think that'd be unbelievable to me. And I think if they're around the 50 win mark, it'd be like, yeah, you know what? Like I could, I could see a path where this team is at 50 wins, but you look, this team won 52 or 53 last year. They won 52 yeah. two years ago and 51 last yeah, year. Okay. And I, you think of just the, um, you think of just all that went wrong last year, like in all the change last year, pretty much three iterations of the Sixers. And Embiid was out for almost the like the entire after all-star break i think he only played like under seven or eight games i want to say um so yeah like and that's a still a 51 win team and that was that's really good and i again i think if we expect this team to be better so i see no reason why our, our win total shouldn't reflect that um it's not gonna be a massive jump it's you know I, again up to 60 would be That'd be a lot to do in a year, but I yeah I think somewhere around the fifty five fifty six mark is uh is fair for the Sixers. Yeah, I think like you said, they're going to rest Joel more I think than we've seen in years past, which I tend to think would push them more away from sixty wins. Yes. So I, I I think I'm going to lock in at fifty seven. Yeah, I think I think what's important too is, and you see this a lot now with the NBA in like common philosophy is, it, what matters is May and June. And you saw this with Kawhi last year. They were totally happy mm-hmm. to rest him on back-to-backs, to, to keep him you know, load-managed all season long, and it paid off for them. And I, I would be very shocked if the Sixers don't look at that and look to replicate that this season with Joel. And even to an extent, Horford. It's someone that, he's someone that you're paying a lot of money. You want to keep healthy uh, uh, for the postseason. And that is that is the Sixers' goal this year. Is to, you know what? If you're a 58 win team versus a 53 win team, it honestly doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is winning a championship. And you can be a 53 win team or a 58 win team and still win a championship, right? I think the only thing that could matter is seeding. And I, some of this will depend, I think, on the teams around us and specifically Milwaukee and specifically who that like third team kind of levels out as, whether. You believe in Indiana if you think it's going to be Boston, even if you think Brooklyn's going to be good, Toronto, take your pick, right? Of, of those kind of that next tier. You know, if the Sixers are like six games behind the Bucks going into like February, March, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think this team is all that bothered yeah. about getting the top seed. But, you know, if we're like a game or two back, I, you, you do Brett have to wonder. It. You have to wonder what that push will be like for home court advantage, right? And, I personally expect Milwaukee to be in, uh, have another near or, or above 60-win uh, season. So I, I think they're going to be very good. And you have to wonder how much like home court advantage could come into play. 
it's hard to think about that like all throughout the course of the year and base your philosophy and, and goals that you have solely off right. that of a potential game seven at home, right? That you don't even know is going to happen. But I, I do think some of the record might be tied to what kind of position the Sixers are in. They could even be a third seed, right? Like it's not inconceivable to me that someone could also be around the 50 ish win mark with the Sixers. And you want to, you definitely want to be a top two seed. Like to me, that's agreed. That's the, uh, the, idea. I think that's path. what Brett Brown wants. You yes. know, he's obviously come out and said, we want that one seed. Um, but I think Brett wants to be at least a one or a two seed and, uh, be able to kind of control this team's destiny to an extent. Um, how many games do we see Joel Embiid play this season? Uh, I think like 65. Um, and that's if he's healthy. Like mm-hmm. I, I think just he'll probably get rested a few times. I'm sure he'll pick up, you know, we know he had like some knee issues last year, some back stuff. We know that he gets sick, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I expect him to be rested sometimes. He'll definitely miss a few games here and there just because of some, some little nagging injuries, hopefully nothing serious, but yeah, I, I would say around like 65, 66 be my guess that's kind of where i have him too um how many all-stars does this sixers team have that's kind of the granted you know all being an all-star is is cool but it's not like an end-all be-all but it's kind of one of the the raised questions for this team just with the number of guys that are all-star caliber players um how many all-stars do we have i think it's tough to say and this is almost a question that again depends on a little bit of everyone else and how everyone else is performing because you, you look at the East and there's still stars, but you know, you lose Kawhi, right? And um, that's, you know, that's a free slot opened up now. And uh, I, I personally think that anytime you see a team like this, where there's, you know, five guys in the starting lineup that are all very good. And I think you could tell me right now, anyone from the starting five could be an all-star this year. And I'd believe you. Cause I think they're all, if they were on their own teams, right you would expect that they could be good enough in the East to be voted an all-star. I'm not so sure about the West. That's a lot, that's a lot more difficult, but I think two, and I would honestly suspect Ben and Joel. That's my guess. I think the third most likely is actually Tobias just because I think he could have the bigger role. Horford, Horford will be good for us, but not in a way that I think would get recognized necessarily for all-star votes. Cause that's a little more statistics, both uh, statistics, forward i don't even know what i was trying to mm-hmm. say um that's something that if you're having like a stellar like season scoring wise or right. defensive whatever and I, I don't know that horford's gonna have that kind of year here and um yeah but i would expect joel and ben to to, to represent us and maybe a third it, it kind of again depends on are we streaking you know like going mm-hmm. into january with with voting and all that um so yeah i, I would say two though maybe three but two i, I feel pretty comfortable yeah about. i feel locked in it too uh, my other all-star weekend question for you is, do we have anybody in the skills competition, the dunk contest, or any of the pre-all-star game festivities? Uh, ben Simmons in the three-point contest. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Maybe uh, maybe Josh Richardson might do the three-point I don't know. He's really the only one I would think that might be into something like that. Um, now we've seen Joel do the, the skills competition yeah. before. Um, could we get Ben in the dunk contest? Maybe I, I think Ben's a little like the high profile guys rarely go for the dunk contest, which is a little bit of a bummer. a bummer. But I like seeing the young guys. You don't really get to see a lot like nationally do it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a cool part. Um, I think we'll see Zaire and Matisse uh, potentially at All Star Weekend as like the uh, the rising, rising stars, stars. Uh, game. I would I wouldn't be too shocked to see them there, which would be very cool. 
I don't know. Like, uh, Embiid's already, yeah, like, he, and again, you're expecting him to be an all-star. And I know last year everyone was, like, freaking out about him doing too much at all-star weekend and all that. Um, yeah, ben would be cool for the skills competition, but I think that also requires shooting a three, doesn't it? So, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's done it, so. Yeah, he Who knows? technically has done shooting a three thousands of times in his <laughs> life. It's just not in an actual game where it counts yet. So, uh, you know, we're we're about twelve minutes away from tip off, so I'll get this in before. Does Ben Simmons shoot a three tonight as we record this against Boston? Uh, no, because I think part of Ben's, I think part of Ben's issue with shooting in general is that he's a very cocky person, which you have to be, I think, to mm-hmm. be a, an athlete at his level. Um, I, I truly think there is some aspect to it that is, that is mental and that I think he's, I don't want to like read too much in his mind, but I, I do think it's almost like a, uh, a shameful thing, right? Like he knows, like, I think deep down he knows, right. That this is an aspect of his game. And I, I don't think he's a very aware person of what people say about him and what he's asked in interviews. And I, I don't know that, um, uh, Attempting and airballing a three against Boston is the best idea for him. Uh, but also, I would love it, especially if he made it. Because that Boston as well is like, that's where the shoot a three right. starts from. And it would feel very, very fitting. That is if, vindication. If it, if it, sort of, it wouldn't close, of course, because then people would be like, oh, it was a one three. But it would feel like, okay, it's over now. Right. Like, this, is, this is done. We They're can at home. About it. Yeah, like that would be great. But I don't know. I... I, I was thinking about this a lot as well. Like, if I'd even put an over-under for Ben's three-point attempts this year, I would put it at, like, 20. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I, – I, I think people have – I'm just – I call me St. Thomas Aquinas right now because, like, I'll just <laughs> believe it when I see it. Yeah, like, I, listen, like, I, I would love to see Ben come out and shoot this year. Literally – Everything about it says to me, though, that we're probably not going to see it, and if we do, it's going to be very incremental. Like, the dude is, like – He's like a sub 70% free throw shooter. Like those guys typically are not good shooters in general. Like he's not just going to blossom into this guy. You look at someone like Giannis, someone that's been encouraged to shoot the three because of what it could do to his game. They're they're sort of similar profiles in that way. And he's someone that struggles shooting the three, right? Like I, I just, I just think it's, it's not going to happen like people think it is. And I think people are setting themselves up for a little bit of disappointment with the hype that's been attached with this. And that's not to say that I don't think he won't, we won't see at least some progression this year, but that's also because you're starting at such a low point that even like genuinely like 10 field goal attempts this year, like actual legitimate jump shots would be like double his career attempts. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like that, but that's the bar that you're working. It's so low that even one three-point attempt would lift the roof off. Like, just think of that L.A. game. That's something that we're – we're sitting here. That was a game in, I think, March. And I'm sitting October 23rd, still talking about that one three-point attempt against – what was really a meaningless game against the Lakers. Yep. And that's, that's, that's the hype that is surrounding Ben right now in his shot. And I, I think – People are only setting themselves up for disappointment with this, um, so we'll see. I listen. I would, and let me tell you, nothing would make me happier <laughs> than to be wrong about this. But I, I just think you got to relax because I, I don't, I just don't believe it yet. I, I will once I see it, I'll start believing. But until then, I'm jury's out in my opinion. How many steals do we see 
Matisse Thibel record this year because that's kind of his his thing. You know, he says people chase points, I chase steals. I think he's got potential to lead this team if things fall the right way. He could. I, I think that's going to be a little game time dependent, and I'm not like we don't really know exactly where Matisse fits. Totally. Like we've seen him preseason, he looks great. He looked good in summer league. Like all signs point to him being someone that's going to be involved. But one thing that that also that we've talked about all summer is that this is this is it's not a super deep team. Like especially when you really think about it, NBA wide, this isn't really that deep of a team. Just compared to what we've had over the past few seasons, it's deep, but it's not actually that great of a bench. But I I don't expect Matisse like tonight to be getting. 18 minutes, right? We'll see him. We might even see him start a few games this year, you know, as we get further along. And I expect him to probably, you know, garner a bigger role as the season goes on, especially since, you know, he's a four year college guy. So he's coming in a little more polished than a lot of other rookies will. And he seems to have really grasped it. And yeah, defensively, he looks amazing. But I think his steal count will be really dependent on just game time. And I, I think there will be some games where. Who knows? Like he might, he might only get you know five six minutes, but yeah, I, I do wonder how much we even see him tonight in a game against Boston. Like this is a really competitive game, very difficult team to kind of start your career off with, especially if you're talking about like being like a wing player. This is one of the, the more difficult teams you could uh, you know come find yourself coming up against. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't really know if I have an answer for that. I think he has a good chance though. You know, I think even on a limited minute restriction he has a good chance but you know ben has active hands and i think overall this team's going to be very good defensively so um but matisse will play a role in that uh defensive output in the 82 games the sixers play this year does mike scott wear a different hockey sweater <laughs> for each arrival no no because i think uh i think he might forget one one time uh you have to you have to give the man some uh some space to to make a mistake he's allowed um no, I don't think we'll see a different one. And maybe he like finds something else that he likes wearing in like January. Like maybe he switches to something else. I don't know. Um, I know that we will see quite a few different ones though. And over under, I'll, I'll even add to it. Over under, fifteen of them are the ones that were donated from the local colleges and high schools. Fifteen. That's quite a bit. And the issue is you have to see a picture of it. So right. it's not even just to wear it. You have to see it like visually, you know, and he doesn't always post it himself. Like usually it's like the team, mm -hmm. you know, gets a picture it's of a it video or you or... see a video clip. So it's a little dependent on other people doing them. I would go under just because he may actually do it, but if you don't see it, then you don't really know, right. you know? So yeah, I would go under on that. Um, you know, I think the the biggest thing is is winning games against these tough opponents where last year, sometimes this team struggled. Um, sometimes <laughs> a lot, uh, which team, you know, between Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto, Milwaukee, do you see this team having the most success against during the regular season and the least amount of success? I would say the most probably Brooklyn, just because I think what made Brooklyn so good last year has been largely gone and they're also a divisional opponent. So we mm -hmm. play them. The, the most outside of you know Toronto Boston also include on the list but um, I, I think Brooklyn is actually also in my mind might be one of the weaker parts of that I just think everything that made Brooklyn great to me is largely gone and you know you don't have it's not even like you have Durant to be coming in in like January right like you may not see Durant at all this season and I, I actually think it might even be a case of they're probably looking more to shut him down for the four because mm -hmm. like 
he's not young. Like this is this is a very debilitating injury. In his thirties now. You, you do not want to rush him back from this. And um, yeah, like I, I, I just I'm not a big believer in Brooklyn right now. And uh, I do think that's a team we can get. I think we match up well with them. You saw last year in the playoffs that Embiid, when he was healthy, just absolutely shredded through that front court. And uh, I think you could see a little more of the same of that. Struggle? Uh, I would say the Bucks, just because I think they're the best out of those teams. And I think it just naturally makes sense to struggle against a team like that. I think there's no real answer anyone has for Giannis. I think you can... It's like all great, you know, superstars in the league, you can slow them down, of course. And I think we have, we have as many roadblocks and speed bumps as you could ask for, I think, to give someone like Giannis. But I mean, we even saw last year, I think we played great defense against the Raptors, did as well as I think you could against Kawhi, and it still wasn't enough. And I think it's the same for Giannis. And I think they have a, a, a really strong team. And yeah, I think so. I, I think we'll struggle against Milwaukee. Um, and I, I honestly think we could really beat down on Brooklyn. I really do. I think Toronto is going to be pretty decent this year. I think they still match up pretty difficult for us. Um, it's obviously weaker now with no Kawhi. And Boston, I think, is always going to be a weird matchup for us. Like, I think that's just one of those teams that we'll always kind of struggle against. Just, I think there is something a little bit now with Horford on our side. Who knows if that switches for us. We'll see after tonight maybe. But it just feels like one of those – Every in every sport, there's always one team – that your team always kind of struggles to beat is your bogey team that you can't ever really like convincingly beat or consistently. Mm-hmm. And Boston's kind of just been that team for us. And um, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a struggle against them either, but here's a fun one. Who rings the bell in the locker room the most this season? <laughs> Ooh, that's so hard because this is game dependent. Obviously this is such a, a loaded five. And then, you know, even the benches is, is where it's at, I would say in B, just because I'd have to believe that he probably has the best performances this year. Probably, I think like if you're handing out MVPs, it's Embiid is most likely to be the guy that's that's getting that bell every night. Um, so yeah, but I think Horford might have a shot because mm-hmm. I think he, you know, from the team point of view, I think he'll definitely be looked at as a leader. I think Brett will like have a lot of respect for him, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him put in like those again. He's not going to have a great statistical output, but I think the team will recognize the players and the coaches will recognize like what an amazing job he did. But I I would go and beat for that. I'm going to go dark horse. Uh, I think that uh, Josh Richardson has a a a quality shot. Not a bad uh, pick at all. Do it rocking the throwback Reeboks tonight. The, uh, the AI questions. He called up Bryce to see how to pander to Philly. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, they're all idiots. It's really easy to pander to these people. Um, Just say something about it. I don't know. Cheesesteak, the AI, Reggie White or something, uh, go birds. That's yeah. Just do one of those things. Wear a hockey sweater. Yeah, wear a hockey sweater. Like it's stupid easy. <laughs> hey, I mean he's 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 attracting the Union fans. He went to their playoff game, did, brought yeah. his parents. Yes, big Union guy, Josh Richardson. Good, shout out just, to the Union. Yeah, um, big game tomorrow. Hopefully, it goes better than the last time the Philly team went to uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, <laughs> um, who is the most likely? process sixer to potentially come back either through buyout trade etc which one uh, has tony roten <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> yes if we need another guard who can't shoot i love tony roten love love that guy to death truly um i would honestly say none 
just because I think all the process guys have landed, like TJ just signed a deal in Indiana. He's certainly not getting cut loose. Covington is too valuable. I think Sarge is in a weird spot, but I, I don't see him getting cut. Yeah, uh, he could be a free agent after this year, but I, I don't, I don't see him being like you know at the the deadline in February, something like that. Um, outside of that, I, I don't see anyone that's kind of come and gone since then being quote unquote good enough uh, to to make the the roster right now. Um, and I, I don't know who we would even be like looking to move on from. You know, I, I, like. I, I, I think some outliers right now are someone like Jonah and Furkan. I like, mm-hmm. I just don't really get it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I don't get the Furkan stuff, but um, yeah, I don't think really anyone, I, I don't think anyone makes it back from the process really. Maybe give Okafor a ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the only real, like, not that it would happen, but Oklahoma city has two guys that, and if they tear yeah, it down, like, tear it down. Like I think Jeremy would be there for sure. Noel, Noel fits like what Oklahoma City loves the most, mm-hmm. which is like these. They do love like the big man that's super athletic and like kind of long and a little bit of a tweener as well. Um, even then, though, I don't know that Nerlens would be <laughs> part of the issue that we got. The reason that we got rid of Nerlens because he wasn't a good fit to begin with, mm-hmm. and we also didn't want to pay. At the time, we were talking about maxing Nerlens Noel. We didn't want to be tying up so much money in a well and Embiid. And um, I'm not sure that that's... I mean, it'd be great to have Noel off the bench, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, and that defensive second unit would just get a huge upgrade. But um, I think you like, I think you could fill that asset void better than with someone like Noel. And I one thing I did hear, I was listening to the Ricky and, and Spike Eskin said that uh, a front office member not named Elton Brand uh, is not a fan, to put it lightly, of Nerlens. So he doesn't see a reunion with with Nerlens Noel happening ever, which makes sense. Yeah, like, I don't. Um, not particularly surprised by any of that. What's the longest winning streak this team has? Hmm. Uh, I part of the issue with this team that I, th- I think could arise. And the reason that I don't think will be like a super high win team is this team took massive steps defensively. And I think the ceiling is, we, we haven't had a ceiling quite like this offensively though. I think you could actually argue we took a step backwards, which is already a little, a little worrisome just because last year I didn't think we were a great offensive team to begin with. Um, we'll see how we get on this year. Of course, like I, things could change, right. And we could look better than we think, but I, I think win streaks are tough because it's just like some of it depends on schedule and, and you know how hot you are at the moment. I think eight, you know, like it, I think if you get into double digits, that's really impressive. But, you know, you talk to most NBA players, they say even like a five-game winning streak mm-hmm. is just so hard. It's just so hard to get to, to, to even that. So I think eight is doable, but I think it's it's a pretty – it's a pretty difficult thing to do. And again, again, we we talked about the, the league in general is again, it's not like everyone's on a great level right now. Not every team is like superstars, but I do think there's a little less tankiness than we've mm-hmm. had in years past. And especially you look out west, there's like eleven good teams and even out east, you know, a lot of that middle pack is still pretty pretty decent teams overall. So not many free wins. So yeah, I would say like eight or nine is is would probably be our longest win streak now i'm not 100 percent sure who the uh the bell ringer is tonight but who is the first athlete 
from the other three teams to ring the bell? Uh, Garrett Cole. <laughs> uh, Joe Girardi, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, I think it would probably be an eagle. Uh, just because that's who's currently, you know, on right now. Because uh, the Flyers, like, they've, like, a weird... They share. Yeah, like, uh, it's, like, a weird, like, stepbrother yeah. situation. Um, I, I guess I would go, like, maybe, like, Carson or Alshon, maybe. You know? Like, I just think those are two, like, really popular. Alshon like, is uh, there. He's got season tickets. Yeah, like, I I feel like that's that's a pretty decent, uh, decent look. Maybe you could see a flyer. Maybe they bring, like, Kevin Hayes in and be like, hey, like... Here's our new guy. If you want to mm-hmm. come back tomorrow and watch these these losers play, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Love you. Um, Big win against uh, Vegas yeah, the other night because that's what the Flyers do. Exactly, they, they are great at subver- subverting expectations. It's still optimistic October. It though. is uh, um, only for like another week though. So <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's going to be. You know, I don't know if he has yet, but I would love to see Malcolm Jenkins do it. Yeah, it'd be a good pick. I wouldn't even be surprised to see like Bryce do it, honestly, because mm-hmm. like, I think he's just he's got nothing to do. He's just being a dad. Um, you know, we talk about the win streak. How many losses in a row do we potentially suffer? Don't, I don't think this is a team that's going to string too many together. And in the past, we haven't really done that either, just because again, you know, we've been you know a, a pretty overall like record positive team. I'd say like three might be the most. I, I just I don't see us going on too long a drought to get barring injury, of course, mm-hmm. like with all these things. But yeah, I think three might be the max for us. But even then, I don't I don't think it's a team that's going to drop too many like even back to back games. You know, right? I think it should be good at rebounding, both literally and in terms of morale, uh, game to game, uh, especially when you experience some losses. So yeah, I think about three would be would be my guess. Does the Brett Brown beard make a comeback? I would love it if it did. I think once it starts getting cold out, he's going to get sick of that wind whipping up and hitting his face. Because let me tell you, that that training uh, facility, that thing, it's still, the, the river's right there. Mm-hmm. In January, that thing, that cannot feel good. Whipping. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him bring the beard back. I think he'll get cold. I think he needed a, he needed to just reset the button and remind everyone how hot he is um, <laughs> and remind everyone how much they love the beard, and then he bring it back. And I respect that. I respect that a lot. Good, good on him. Shout out to Zainab, being yeah. the biggest Brett hey, Brown listen, lover. You know what? She's completely right. He's an absolute yep. stone cold fox. He's uh, good looking man for sure. I love Brett. Who couldn't? You know, I honestly beyond me. Apparently, did, our front office. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> did you see the uh, the hype video that was released today? I've watched a lot of videos. Um, okay, so like, I. It's so hard watching hype videos just because I like for like a month last year, I didn't even want to think about the Sixers anymore just because like after the Toronto series, it's just like, it's just like staring into Killed the void. Us. So it's hard watching the hype videos just because like this season means a lot to me because, and I don't know if I've ever said on the podcast, but I always said, and I legitimately always said this. It's not one of those things I'm making up. I always, always said, you know, back in like 2013, when like I talked to my friends about the Sixers, people I know, you know, when we were openly tanking, they're like, oh, when when's it going to happen? Like, tell me. I was like, 2020, the Sixers will win a championship in 2020. Like, that is the year that it's going to happen for us. And uh, so, yeah, I have my own personal <laughs> personal <laughs> uh, agenda mixed up in it, but I just think 
as, as like fun as this season's going to be, I, I think the expectations have also never been higher. And I personally care about the Sixers more than any Philly team. It's, it's my favorite Philly mm-hmm. sport. And it is, there is like an element of anxiousness walking into a season like this, where it's like, Oh my God. Like you, you look at who people are picking to win championships. Like I'm talking like national media guys, but like ESPN, like all these things. A lot of people are picking the Sixers. ESPN a lot of people, was at our media day. Like that is just like, Oh God, <laughs> how are we going to blow this? Like it just, you, I just think the worst. So watching the hype videos always like gets me really excited, but then I'm like, Oh my God, like, Oh, we have so much to live up to. Like, and it's like not even really my problem because, you know, at the end of the day, I can just walk away. Like, it's um, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I've been, uh, I've been watching them, but I've also been like very clammy feet while I narrated was, by Brett. I'm a nervous sweater. And I, I think I enjoyed this one more because it was a lot of like trip down memory lane. Like, mm-hmm. it was, they, they full blown, like, they mentioned the word process in the video. Uh, from a Brett quote, and like you know, there was the TJ shot against the Knicks. There was you Classic. know Robert Covington footage. There was you know a, a ton of stuff that we've endured over the last few years, and they kind of encapsulated it into one full video, narrated by the guy that that started this whole thing. Where you know, there's a quote from Greg Popovich that said, "I don't think I would have been able to last an entire season and a half, two seasons without having to be put in a straitjacket during you know when we were tanking," and. uh you know, Brett's still here, and he's on a mission. I, th- I think Brett, more than anybody on this team, probably, you know, along with Joel, are the two guys that want to win the most desperately. Like, they want to, you know, vindicate everything that this whole process has been about. And I think it would mean the most to Brett to, you know, have it happen and him come in knowing that this team was openly tanking from the get-go and then to be here to see the results of the potential to hoist a trophy. Yeah, I think there was that video of him talking at the uh was it the field house or was mm-hmm. it at the training facility? Um and just reliving the Toronto series and talking about like what he did afterwards and just kind of like just how upset he was and just had that was the worst loss. And again I I think we had talked about this on the pod, but you know, this was a guy that had been around for you know, the, the Derek Fisher shot in San Antonio that it, that was there with the Heat series when Ray Allen hits that corner throw. This is a guy that has lived two of the most iconic losses in, like, not even just NBA but sports history and says that that Toronto shot is the one that hurt him the most. And, of course, it's because he's the head coach. But, yeah, like, just hearing that, like, I do think there's an element of this is almost a revenge tour for the Sixers. And I think that's – that's good motivation to come into the year with. I, I, I think a lot of players will be uh, rightly upset with the way the season ended. I think even the way the team kind of uh, refolded a little bit. I, I think they might even have a little bit of revenge, and I'm sure they don't hold anything like personally against someone like Jimmy Butler or JJ, right? Because like, at the end of the day, I think they all understand business, whatever. I also do think there there is that edge of like, okay, well, like, you know, you guys jump ship. Okay, like, it's on then, you know, and like we're going to – Everyone that's in this room now is is that's the people we're rolling with, and I I do think that there's there seems to be a different energy in general about the Sixers team than we never had, and um, I think part of that is because of the expectation, but part of it is if you get your hearts ripped out last year, you kind of retool again this season, and I don't know I I just think there's I we're gonna see like a lot of like 
the mental fortitude of this team this year. And, and I think they're going to have to persevere a lot. And I think as well, like this is still a pretty young team. I think we're going to see some guys take some like genuine leaps in terms of their, like, I don't want to say professionalism, just, just in general, like you're just going to see them like mature. I think a lot more this year than, than they have, because this is the first season that they're really walking in with championship expectations. Last year we were, we were, we we're toying with the idea. We we're like, okay, this team could win a championship, right? Like, they're still a really good team. And then once you get JJ, right, it's like, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy, it's like, right. Like, we're, we're on to something here. You get Tobias, it's like, oh, we're going for it. This is the first year you walk in. Day one, this team is a championship favorite. Where do we go from here? And I'm excited to see where we end up. Yeah, and as you have uh, Gritty shooting hoops on your iPad screen, he uh, responded to that Flyers tweet with uh, a simple prison rules. <laughs> um, and our, our good buddy, Ryan Jones, frequent guest for uh, Sixer season and all things NBA, tweeted that uh, he's expecting Kemba to drop 75 tonight, but the Sixers win by four. Fair. <laughs> Kemba, Kemba is going to light us up. He always had a great net against us when he played on Charlotte. Um, I'd have to imagine that. You know, him now in Boston with a little better coaching, a little better team around him. This is going to be rough. He has not faced a defensive team like this, though, in Philadelphia. I, I think this is going to be a very, very special uh, defensive unit that we have. I'm very, very excited to see. A little bit of breaking news. Our bell ringer tonight, Al Horford. Oh, my God. They know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> Al Horford rang the bell, ladies and gentlemen. That's um, that might first quote-unquote you know current Sixers player to ring the bell since Maston Bede I'm pretty sure oh, man Maston Bede was so good what a, what a I mean that's what sucked. an arc that sucked because you know it was like by the way I had, how's, how's the Magic fans feel about our, <laughs> our boy he who shall not, not be named, named banned from this podcast yeah I'm gonna like it's like the asterisk thing on Twitter like Mikel. <laughs> oh my God! Al Horford rang the bell. Yeah, remember when Markel Fultz broke and beats eye socket? How cool that was! Unbelievable. Man. What, a, what bum. a journey. Uh, what a what an arc that was. That got a copyright claim on us with our old shirt provider. Yeah. Uh, from Joel Embiid himself. But speaking of our shirts, Matt, before we keep going, our friends at Design Tree—they're at the game tonight. And uh, they're doing the most for us. We've got some Sixers merch dropping uh, either tonight or tomorrow with them. And uh, you can go onto their website. It's dsgntree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And uh, hoodies are available now. It's getting cold out. It's been a little, little more brisk these past few weeks. Use the promo Very code. Windy. Yes. Use the promo code hoodie season. H-O-O-D-I-E-S-Z-N, all one word. And you get $15 off your purchase of $50 or more at checkout. Great deal. Uh, guess who's not playing tonight? It's not a Sixers Celtic, but guess who is not playing tonight? Uh, I'm going to guess that it is uh, the guy that shows up for practice early, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Butler not playing for the Heat tonight due to personal reasons. Interesting. Yeah, he was he was at shoot around four in the morning, but weird. Not playing tonight. I wonder if he showed up at the Wells Fargo Center by accident. Zach Lowe had a great burn on him in uh, one of his season previews about uh, – him about how stupid it was that people, <laughs> <know. laughs> were, people were like excited about him showing up to work at three in the morning. He's like, 
Okay, well, that's pretty dumb. Uh, <laughs> I hope oh, everything man. goes great for Jimmy Butler. I hope he gets exactly what he wanted this season, yep. which is a, a nice 41 and 41 year and plenty of time in April and May <laughs> to just kick it back and enjoy the South Beach lifestyle. And of course, we hope, like personal reasons, that everything's yeah, okay. Of course, of um, course. Don't don't. I wish nothing bad on yeah. Jimmy Butler. Right. I do, however, think it's absolutely hilarious that he's he's gonna just. Yeah, whatever. Like we <laughs> come on. Have fun, James. Uh you know, this team has me super excited. And to have, you know, the the hype around them, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, there's hype around the Phillies this year, and we saw what they do. Who? There's mm-hmm. hype around the Eagles this I year. I didn't think Philadelphia has a baseball team. <laughs> we do that. There's hype around the Eagles this year. Don't and they they're struggling right now. Yeah, Eagle is a very proud animal. I've seen them at the zoo. <laughs> Does that made a comeback? Not on the endangered list anymore. You know, does that issue occur at any point for the Sixers team, where the hype kind of is at this level of you know, this is a a, a championship favorite, kind of humble some people, and when things aren't going great, and they realize that you know, obviously this team isn't a world beater, but they're gonna have their their lumps like they did last year because it is new guys on this team. There are two new starters. There's a whole bunch of new bench guys. It's going to take some some time to gel a little bit. Like, it's not unreasonable to think that they could, like, disappoint some people, but I think especially when you compare them to the Phillies, like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm being very – like, I've never been, like, a big Eagles guy. I've never been a big NFL person in general. So I know there's been, like, plenty of disappointing Eagles Mm -hmm. years. I have never been – as far as Philly sports goes, so disappointed by any sports season than this past Phillies year. I'm not exaggerating. Agreed. Just the, the way we came into the year, just so exciting. And the way we played for that first month and a half to, to the season where it ended and where the season is at right now, even still with baseball, is just like, holy crap. Like, how, the, how did it, every single piece of it go wrong? <laughs> it just imploded tremendously. So no one will ever get close to that. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between, especially when you talk about like NFL compared to NBA, NFL, your margins are so much thinner because you just you have less games. And I, I think just one play can change, literally change your entire season. I think with the Sixers, I'm more confident than either of those teams simply because we've already seen that this team has a lot of potential and took an outstanding Toronto team to seven games last year and is, you know, Embiid with like, you know, some extra vitamin C away from being in the conference finals and then. I think we could absolutely beat Milwaukee in the series, and who knows, right? Like, then you're on your way, right? But I I think that even with the changes made, I don't see them – I don't see glaring holes in this team like there was with the Phillies this year, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. look at the the pitching, and it's like, wow, that was terrible. And even even as optimistic as we were, we knew. We knew coming into the season that the pitching was going to be a problem, but we were hoping people were going to take some steps up. With the Eagles, came in came in the last three years knowing that the secondary was crap. Like, we just, and we came in this year knowing that the defensive line was not as deep as years past. So you you just knew right that there are these big issues with the Sixers. I think the only thing you could point to is offensively who is who is the creator, right? But I think everything else about this team is so sound that for me I'm not I'm not sweating it, and I I, I don't think there's that margin. Josh Richardson uh, with an immense block in the face of Gordon Hayward. Yeah. 
God, he has the lamest commercials. Terrible. He has like probably top five most unhappy marriage in America. <laughs> and he wears black sneakers with yeah. white uniforms. Like, come on, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, and you know, you are with the Sixers as I am with the Phillies. Yeah. So this season absolutely murdered me. Yeah, um, no, and, you know, I've – what a play by Ben there. Um, you know, and I'm more and more invested in the Sixers team now that I have been in years past. You know, I got in full-blown again with the process and – you know, I've just grown with this team. I followed it, and you know, I I want nothing more than this team to to hoist that that trophy at the end of the season. And you know, there's definite potential for it, but I I also know that every team has their bumps in the road, and this team is going to continue to grow. And there's going to be you know points where they're just still figuring each other out because they are new, and that's going to be up to Brett and this coaching staff, hopefully being improved and, and seeing improved defense from last year, which was a, a big thing last year with the fall off um, from 2017 was the defense took a yeah. huge hit. So hopefully we see that improvement this season. And that really catapults us to that next level uh, to be in that championship, you know, conversation more than what it is now. Yeah. I'd like, I, I think just in general too, just having, Having a team that's like truly good, like in football, especially, it's always hard to be a perennial contender just because of roster turnover, injuries. Again, because there's the margin for error is a lot more slim in football than it is in pretty much every other sport. Um, we've not had like a perennial contender. Yeah, the, the literally the last time was the Phillies. The Phillies. The Eagles, I know, just won a Super, but that wasn't like a. Even then, you know, made the playoffs last year. The way it's looking, we're not making the playoffs this mm-hmm. year. Like, just being honest, um, you know, the Eagles have not been a perennial championship contender. Sure, they've made the playoffs and, and things like that. And I, again, I know they won a Super Bowl, but like, it wasn't. Team, it hasn't been like that. Andy Reid dominant. Yeah, like it's not like when we were kids and you're in the NFC Championship every, every year. year, every single year, right? You're making a Super Bowl here and there, like. So, you know, the last time that we've had a team that you that you walked into every opening day and said to yourself, I can't wait for the NLCS or the World Series was was that those was those Phillies teams. And even even before that, it was the Eagle. You get them like every few years where a team rolls around and you're like, this team has it. This team has the talent, they have the coaching, and they have the fan support. And Sixers have all three. And there's no reason that they can't or shouldn't be playing in June. And of course they're four or five other teams in the league that are also very good. Like we, we talked about the parody this year and how it is going to be hard. Right. But the Sixers, they're as loaded as I think you can, you can reasonably get with all the things that have happened in the past few years. Like some of that has been a little out of control and out of whack, but I think this is a great team. And I think I'm, I'm hoping that we see this team playing in June, even if it's not a ring year, I just think even making the finals, like just having like, Having your team mm-hmm. playing meaningful games is just like the best thing as a fan. Like you, you want to be watching your team like two months after the regular season. Like that's just that is what you want as a fan. And um, we just haven't had that enough in Philly sports. We really haven't. The Flyers have been super disappointing. Uh, like like we said, the Phillies are on this long playoff drought now. Outside of if it wasn't for the Eagles, this decade would have absolutely sucked. Mm-hmm. I think it might have. If genuinely, I think if it wasn't for the Eagles, this might have been the most losingest decade in yeah. Philly sports, truly, because the Flyers 
pretty Mediocre. average for, for all of it. You know, early, you know, 2010, 2011, good Flyers team, trails off, average above average kind of every other year. Blows up the front office. Sixers literally openly tanking. Phillies openly, openly tanking. tanking for half the decade. Uh, Eagles average to above average, and you have the Super Bowl. But, like, man, <laughs> it's been a rough. It's a great point. It's been a rough dec- decade outside of the Super Bowl. And and since then, it's been, especially this year, it's been a lot of heartache. So, yeah, we like I, I think just as like a Philly sports fan, right? Like everyone wants to see a team contending and a team being very well and a team that is genuinely in the conversation to be the top seed in their conference or, or a championship favorite. So let's hope that the, the Sixers are, are that team for us. Now, one thing that I kind of find interesting, and it, it's probably a little stupid too, but – uh the Sixers hashtag this year on Twitter is the typical playoff hashtag, which is hashtag Philly Unite with the snake logo and all that good stuff. Snake on the court and everything. Um, you know, and typically in years past, it's been here they come after the, the you know, celebratory song and everything. Um, but, you know, I think they ditched it because they're here. Like the Sixers have arrived and yeah. here they come was was fun because it was, you know, parody on the song and everything, but it also was like, you know, we're, we're coming. And I think now 2019, 2020, the Sixers are here. They have arrived. And I think Philly unite is getting everybody together. It's getting this team in unison where last year it was, you know, three different segments of a season, three different teams wasn't really unified. They want this team to be unified with each other. They want it to be unified with uh, Horford go to work. I believe that was his first basket as a Sixer. Uh, They want it to be unified with the city, the fans, you know, everybody to be in unison. And uh, I find it interesting that, you know, they're retiring that from being the playoff hashtag to now it's, it's the full blown regular season as, as dumb as a social media hashtag is. I think it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I do think though that you're right in saying that. And I think not to get like too, analytical about this but that kind of thing comes from the organization right Mm -hmm. and i think the organization has a say in that kind of decision and i do think there's something to be said for about that is a that is the change in focus this year it's not steam isn't surprising anyone anymore they're not on people's dark horse list or whatever this is a team that is being picked by national analysts to win a championship like that oh Oh. ben is just he's on another level right now um yeah, you know, I, I like, and I, I do, I do like, I do like that switch and sort of it's, it's a change in just mindset, and I, I think that's where the Sixers are now. They're, they're no longer like the, they're no longer the experiment. They're no longer like, oh, like you got to watch out for these guys. Like they stay healthy, they might get you. Like no, this is a team that's like, okay, this, this is it. This is, this is the team to, to look out for, and that's, it's exciting. Do the Sixers have any award winners at the end of the year, whether it's MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, any of that good stuff? Are they winners or are they in the top three? I think you could see Joel get top three Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know that he'll I don't know that he'll ever honestly have the numbers or the usage in Philly outside of like major injuries or like just absolutely catastrophic trades, whatever. I just I don't know that he'll 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 ever have that, especially now with like the starting five that we have, I just I'm not sure that uh he's he's gonna get the MVP consideration. Um, rookie of the year, I know people have been like kind of like slyly saying Matisse. Again, I'm just not sure. Like 
there's going to be rookies that are going to get like double his minutes probably and that are going to be starters on their team and that are going to have much more like already kind of like favorable bias by a lot of people who would be you know voting and kind of pulling weight for them um it's tough you know like i think it's you it can it would kind of depend i think on the record and again a little bit of what happens with everyone else for coach of the year i do feel like if brett was to have one coach of the year would have been in these last two just because you could have done it for the big leap and then for last year with how he kind of mitigated and handled all all the restructuring um maybe he gets it for for this year for if they get if this team's like 59 60 wins you might see Breck get that award but um yeah i don't know i don't know that we have any big award winners not that they're not deserving Mm -hmm. i just think to win those a lot of it is narrative based and i don't know that anyone's going to stick out enough over top of whoever else or several other people to be voted as an MVP or as a rookie of the year. I don't think we're going to have a six man of the year on this team. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really difficult. And I, I think he, Embiid could crack into defensive player of the year. Like he could win that theoretically if this team is really good on defense, but I think it, so much has been made about how good this team is going to be defensively. And it's because of the additions because of having Horford and having Matisse and Zaire off the bench and Josh Richardson now, instead of JJ, like, he may not get the full credit that he's gotten in the past mm-hmm. for our defensive performances. So, yeah, it, it, I, I honestly don't think we – I wouldn't be shocked if we don't win any, like, major awards. But that doesn't matter because if we win a championship, I don't care. Right. I'm gonna, <laughs> as long as someone's winning finals MVP, I'm cool with it. I'm going to say Brett wins coach of the year. Yeah, I, I think out of all of those, that's the most likely just because I think all that takes is a, like, good team performance and – I think he has a decent chance. I think it would take quite a bit for Embiid to win it just because I think people are going to like, they're automatically going to look at Gobert, they're going to look at mm-hmm. Kawhi, whatever. Jokic, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know that we'll have uh, any any individual awards, but fair enough, you know. Bring up the playoffs. Uh, looking at the East and the West, who is in for the 2020 playoff run? of all the, the teams in the NBA. Are you talking like contenders or just playoffs? Just uh, who top eight who at the end of the season are we seeing once the postseason starts, in your opinion, right now? In each conference in. or each, like overall? Each conference. Okay, we'll so go, playoffs, we'll go playoffs, east playoffs. first and then we'll go to the west. Uh, so east, I'll even do like order for the east. I think I think Bucks probably get the top seed. I just I think they're going to – I think they're machines for the regular season. I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, for the Sixers to break through that. I think Sixers land at number two. I think Boston is three. I think Toronto's at four. Indiana at five. And I have Brooklyn at six. I think the Magic could be a good seventh seed. Um, I don't hate the Heat. Like, I don't like the Heat, but I, I don't mm-hmm. hate them either. I think that's a pretty decent team. Um, I, I think the Bulls could be a pretty surprise team this year. I think they could catch some people off guard. They have a really interesting, like, youth movement going mm-hmm. on there i don't particularly care for their coach but um <laughs> yeah that's a that's a really interesting team but yeah I, I think there's some some teams in the bubble but for the east it's really about like the top three yeah. i think in terms of like who matters um especially more so than last year where you at least had stars on each of those teams and now it's a little more muddy um out west good luck <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good luck to picking a team out of this. 
the one thing that concerns me about the Clippers for the regular season is just that I think they'll do a lot of load management. We don't exactly know when Paul George is meant to be back. Although they looked great last night. Um, so I, I would actually put, I think, I, I think the nuggets could roll to number one again, just because I think that's such a deep team and they, they're very, very good. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I put nuggets one Clippers two. I think even trailblazers at three. I really like them a lot this year. Um, I like this is where it starts to get tough because I yeah. think the West is going to be separated by like two or three games. So like, you know, these teams could all flip. I guess in no particular order, I'd put Jazz, Lakers, Rockets. Jeez, I like. Do you think the Warriors are going to be like good this year? I think the, Clay Thompson the, ruled out for the season essentially by like, Steve Kerr. I don't. I don't know, right? Like, and that's that's already you're at you're at the playoff limit there. So, yeah, I, I think it's tough. And then you have your teams like the Kings, of course, the Pelicans. Zion's out for like two months already to start the season, which is unfortunate. Um, Timberwolves are kind of like a who knows kind of team, right? So, yeah, and, and then you have the Mavericks experiment. There's not really a bad team in the West. Like uh, the Suns will be awful again, of course, but that's like, do they even count? Um, Thunder, I think, are going to be Thunder. Pretty- Thunder be bad, but they, they, like that's not going to be like a definitively that's bad. That's going to be like a, a under twenty five win team in my right. opinion. Like that's they're still going to be like respectable ish, right? Like you're not going to the Thunder knowing you're getting a win. So yeah, it, it's the West is a bloodbath, whereas the East I think is a little more cut and dry. You could have a few surprises, mm-hmm. mostly just at like the seventh eighth spot. Yeah, I, I think my Eastern Conference. I'm going to go uh, Bucks one, Sixers two. Uh, I'll, I'll give Boston the three. I'm going to give Indiana the four. I, I like their team a lot. Um, plus they have the TJ factor. So, um, my five, uh, I'll give that to, I'll give it to Brooklyn. Uh, I think Brooklyn, you know, I think Brooklyn gets undervalued and overvalued at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, they have, a, I, I like their, their core. And then, obviously, you bring in Kyrie, so we'll see how that experiment works. Um, I think the Hawks make the playoffs as a, a dark horse 6-7-8. I, I like what they're doing. You could tell me a lot of teams in the East could make into those last two or three spots, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. I, I, They've got Collins, Trey Young, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I like what Brad the Hawks Hunter are doing. to the mix this year. Like that's, it's an interesting team, that's for sure. I just think... For me, the only reason that I, I'm not as high on them as some of the other teams is like the Magic. I think is a little more established, and that's a team I you, you could say you trust a little more. Mm-hmm. The Pistons aren't great, but I still think that's a team that kind of like zombie walks there. And the Heat as well. I know like Jimmy's there, whatever, but that is like a team that was already kind of like a seventh, eighth seed. Yeah, Jimmy Butler that mix. I feel like that has to bump them up at least a little bit. So I was gonna have the Pistons in my playoffs, but early on, Blake Griffin's injured now. That's true. Yeah. Um. So I kind of bumped them out. Like you said, the Bulls are an interesting team. Uh, the Heat are there. The Magic are there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of the Hornets, like we said, anybody you could kind of look at and not be shocked. I mean, the Knicks are going to be kind of like, like the thunder yeah. of the East because um, they're not bad, but they're also not good. Um, so the East is going to be interesting. But like you said, top three is all that really is going to, kind of matter but i think indiana is going to be that that sneaky team that you know they get oladipo back they added brogdon 
Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna be sneaky. Like they they aren't gonna surprise a lot of people that they're quote unquote they back. Surprise, but they, they might surprise people with how bad they are. I just really I don't, I don't believe in Indiana man at all. I I think even you look at last year, I think they got frankly very lucky to kind of end where they are. And I think the issue with Indiana is even if they are a fifth seed or a fourth seed, like they do not have the top level talent. Like we, we know enough now about the NBA. You need genuine superstars to win. Like you can win 56 games with, you know, and uh, a culmination of just some great players and some good players to win meaningful games of basketball in the playoffs in a seven game series. You're, you're playing with eight players and at least two of them have to be all-star caliber, if not superstar caliber now in today's NBA. They just don't have that top level talent for me. Yeah. And I, I just, it's I, fair. I don't, I don't, I don't see it, but. Um, NBA finals. My prediction is kind of the, the chalk prediction. I'm going Clipper Sixers. Fair and reasonable. Um, I'm going Sixers Lakers. I think we're getting, I think time is a flat circle and I think we will, uh, I think we, we were destined to meet up with the with LA again. Uh, they're trying to recreate Showtime, and we're the ones rebuilding this like massive <laughs> team with like all stars and lots of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I think we we meet the Lakers again, and it would be great, absolutely great, <laughs> to be LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Will the Sixers win the NBA title? Hell yeah! Come on, load up, brother. Listen, I'm not even saying that. Just go, like yes. I think they absolutely this is this is the, the the best team that we've walked into the season with. I I firmly believe this team can win a championship. Will they? It's not totally in their control, right? Because anything Things can happen, happen, injuries, right? But I I think this team is a great shot, genuinely. I'm I was saying like five months ago I want to fast forward to October. I want to fast forward to June. <laughs> just, yeah. just to see <laughs> just to see where we're at. Um it's gonna be interesting. We have a ton of Sixers content coming to you. Our boys from the Process Potables did a parking lot podcast today. Shout out to them holding it down uh, in the D lot at Wells Fargo Center and everything. Um, tons of Sixers content is coming. We have a few things that we're working out kinks for that we'll have announcements soon, so make sure you're following us on Twitter for that at UndergroundPHI. But uh, we're going to yell for a couple seconds. Eagles, get your shit together. <laughs> Flat out. That's how I feel about this team right now. I've brutal. I've never been so low on this Eagles team in the Doug Peterson era than I am right now. With all the the nonsense out in the media and you know the the locker room turmoil, um, just the flat out terrible performance on Sunday Night Football in the national spotlight against the Dallas Cowboys. Get your shit together. I uh, I said last week. I worry whichever team loses this game is not going to have the momentum to move forward, especially like both teams have a pretty mm-hmm. brutal schedule coming up. Um, I, like I, I truly feel like this team is dead in the water right now. I really do. And it's not even like a situation that we kind of hope for. Like, okay, you lose, you know what? I think we've always kind of thought about this Eagles team is like, you know, they have like the mental fortitude. They have good leaders on this team. It feels like Doug has fostered a good, that is all gone. Like yeah. literally every piece that's like oh, Doug wow. looked like a corpse at like, his press conference. Like Alshon is leaking that he hates Carson. <laughs> um, Malcolm Jenkins is. I think it was a little like I don't want to say clickbaited, but I think it was some of it was like 
exaggerated mm-hmm. by some people about like what he was actually saying. But there was some Lane Johnson talking about guys being late for practice yeah, and not showing like, up. What the hell? And then Doug blaming it on traffic. Yeah, like come on, Doug. come on, Doug. That's um. Mike, I don't know. Mike Grow defending Nelson Aguilar oh on that God. awful, awful. Hey, man, I can say with a, a clean conscience, I've never once said Aguilar. <laughs> I, I've certainly never on this podcast been like, well, Aguilar's pretty good. No, I, I shut it down. He's a bum. <laughs> He's Horrendous. A bum. Listen, there's a human aspect to it. I, I hope hope he lives a great life, right? But he's a bum. And he's just like, that was, that was cowardly. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, it's, you lay it all out. Like, you're getting paid millions of dollars. I don't care. <laughs> like, lay it all out on there. I'm sorry. Now, we started a trend uh, when we started this podcast almost two years ago now, which is crazy to think about, uh, which was Fire Hackstall. We were, we were part of that wave, and uh, we are full-blown in hashtag grow gotta go. Yeah. He is terrible. Um, you know, ultimately, it's Doug's offense. Brandon Lee Gowton tweeted this, but... What does Mike Grow do to make this offense better? Not a damn thing that we've seen since he's taken over for Frank Reich. And I think it's alarming too now is Deshaun is still out. Um, Doesn't look like we, he's going to play this week. We said a month ago that he should have just gotten the surgery. Yeah. Like, it's, if it's a hernia doesn't go, like, like, it's something that ultimately it's like requires it. It's one of those injuries, right? It's like when, when pitchers don't get the Tommy John surgery, right? Like, where they, they, they delay it. Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to do the shots. I'm going to do the rehab. Like, Jesus Christ, no. Like, you just fix it. If Deshaun would have gotten surgery, he would have gone on IR, been eligible to come back after the bye week. Yeah. Would have been that simple. And, I mean, I even said it feels like a season-ending injury. And, like, it's... Doug's week-to-week is barely, the kiss of death for it, any it injured is, player. It is. Um, so... We heard it about Hassan Ridgeway uh, today. Doug said he was week-to-week. And then later today, he was placed on IR. I just think... Um, Team spiraling, and it's it's not even like you can point to someone and, and say, oh, well, you know what? Like, I still feel like this team has something in them. Like, it feels like a team just fully imploding in front of us, and that's it's shocking. It's just, like you could have told me uh, like a month and a half ago before the season started, like, hey, uh, Eagles aren't gonna make the playoffs this year. But like, uh, okay, like you know, NFC's a little tough. You could you could theoretically even be like ten and six and potentially mm-hmm. miss out. Like, division might be a little difficult with Dallas. So like okay, but if you told me like we're gonna be sitting here like just about halfway through the season, and we're gonna have all these locker room issues, we're gonna have anonymous sources, we're gonna have people late to practice, and we're just gonna be you get embarrassed uh, on back to back weeks against two of your big your biggest rival and one of your most budding kind of up and coming rivals. Yeah, give them give them a little bit of that edge. It's it's not in a good place right now, and I, I, I would like to meet the person who's, uh, who's optimistic about this team. Cause... And th- this whole thing starts from the top. It starts from Howie Roseman, buds down to Doug Peterson and the coaching staff, and then down to the players. But like, we, even, we even said that you know, one of the issues not getting Jalen Ramsey was how much what, what improvement would Jalen even have on this team, though, genuinely? Like, you, you give up what you would give up for him, and would you, like, do you think that this – do you think that we don't – <laughs> have those turnovers in the fourth quarter of Jalen Ramsey on the team. Like, I mean, watching what Jalen Ramsey did against the Falcons was... Sure, but like, I, it's just like, is that just... This is a sinking ship at the moment with many holes, and that feels like you're like 
plugging a few of them. So are you in the same boat? Taking on water. Are, are you Except in the, now you don't have assets. Are you in the same boat with this Eagles team right now uh, in terms of the trade deadline being, you know, on the 29th that you were with the Phillies at the trade deadline where minimal moves is what you'd rather see happen than some sort of, you know, Chris Harris Jr., which it's been reported that it doesn't look like he's going to get traded. Um, but, you know, some type of, of notable move to be made for this Eagles team. Yeah, I, I, I am because I think the Eagles are in a much different place too where they've really gone all in on the win now. And with the Phillies, you can at least sell yourself on the idea that this team still has like young pieces and can grow and improve. And that's not to say the Eagles don't have any, right? But largely speaking, this is an old or older mm-hmm. team. Most of the players are currently in their prime or what looks like now are in their post-prime are kind of starting to spiral down, which is natural, right? Like every player, of course, does that. But I don't think the move is to push to maybe be nine and seven, give up. Again, like if you give up what you you theoretically would have for Jalen Ramsey, that's that's two years of, of picks that you're losing out on. With an aging team, that could be really, really bad situation. And I know the Eagles haven't quote-unquote drafted well, but I, I just don't know that your ship is sinking, so you throw the lifeboats off the side to lose weight. You know, like you're screwing yourself, I think, a little bit in that way. And the way that the trade market has kind of developed doesn't even look worth making any type of move. And you it's, know, the- it's it's funnily almost identical to the Phillies in the sense that the one area that we knew coming into the season needed to be addressed just happens to be an issue that a lot of other contending teams want to address: pitching versus secondary, and the market is a little funky on it. And it's it's a high price. And it's like you have to genuinely weigh up. This team is three and four right now. They have the Bills away, home for the Bears, home for the Patriots, home for the Seahawks. And then the schedule gets a little lighter. You have the Dolphins, which you should yeah. absolutely These next do. four games are literally like going to determine. This is the season right here. And I think we even said that. You know, if you're not going into November at least 500, I don't know. Man. Yeah. I like I I, and I don't know. I'll even argue this because the secondary is what it is right now. Um, shout out to Jalen Mills. He had a you know for yep. for playing his first game on American soil in over a year, he looked pretty damn good. Pink suit looked fantastic on him. Uh, made that awesome interception. Uh, I was I was thoroughly impressed by what I saw from Jalen Mills on Sunday night because. He, that swagger on the defense was back, and we talked about that last Wednesday, was that when Jalen Mills comes back, they're going to get a bit of that finger-wagging swagger back, and that's what you know he brought. Granted, it didn't translate over to the entire yeah, a lot team, of good that did. <laughs> but Jalen Mills, for what he is as a seventh-round pick, looks like the best corner on this roster right now. Yeah. I would argue this team needs a wide receiver more than anything. Yes, because I think... Deshaun being out. I don't think you get anyone that saves you. Yeah. And it's similar to the Phillies argument where it's like, I, we, you get Corey Dickerson instead of someone. Cause it's just like Mm -hmm. pitching. You're not finding the solution. You can like throw a few, like they played the buyout market and just, and just see if something sticks. But you know that that is just a lost cause. That's going to take longer to address. I think the wide receiver market is going to be tough because the Patriots were like, oh, we'll give the Falcons a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Uh, granted, now we know why, because Josh Gordon was placed on IR today. Yeah. But 
I would argue because Deshaun, who knows when he's coming back, if at all. Nelson Aguilar has been atrocious. Mac Hollins is a ghost again. You know, he might as well not even be on the field. Zach Ertz is not getting targeted the way that he should be, in my opinion. And it's Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard catching balls right now for this team. I would say the the one thing, and we talked about how they're they're lacking speed, just like the Phillies lack speed in terms of, you know, pitchers throwing speed. Uh, the one guy I'd be totally okay with, and sure, they'd have to re-sign him because he's a free agent after the year. I would trade one of the third-round picks we have for Robbie Anderson. Fair. I, I think that's fair. And because, that's value that you're giving yourself in the long term. Um, I, I just think the Eagles are in such a tough situation right now because you're going to have to thread like so many needles to, to quote unquote rebuild. And I'm not saying that the Eagles are like completely out of the race right now. Cause like we could be sitting next week, they beat the bills and then they could beat the bears and you're right back in it theoretically. But I think you just, you look at the division right now, and that Dallas now is up until later in the season, had this tiebreaker over us in a one game lead. You look at the conference, you're going to have to be at, I think you have to be probably 10 and six to get into the playoffs in the NFC this year. If you just look at the way things are going to shake out, like is, is this team going to win like seven of their last nine? Do you like, do you honestly believe that? I, I know the schedule gets a little lighter in the back half, but even then... Like, I think they'll win four out of those five. But again, Because one gonna, is against Dallas. And are we going to win two even of these next games? That's that's a tall know. order. Like, Buffalo is not easy to go and no. play. Chicago, even though Trubisky sucks, like, that's a the defense. historic defense that, by the way, like, is going to shut, shut us down. Like, I... I, and then you got the, the world-beater Patriots defense coming into Lincoln Financial yeah. Field after the bye week. And then you have the Seahawks, who Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. It's um, it's it's a difficult, <laughs> difficult situation it's mad, to find man. ourselves in. Um, Eagles enemies will be up for you guys on Friday uh, with Bradley Gelber from the Bills Wire. He tried to shine a glimmer of hope why the Eagles can win that game. Um, so make sure you check that out when it drops so subscribe to us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is but uh cheers to the phillies though they did something right and it looks like they're about to do another thing right they signed brian barber to be their director of scouting and we've said this for probably a few months now do not hire somebody internally do not hire somebody from the orioles or from the angels and they didn't they got brian barber from the new york yankees who allegedly is the guy who convinced the Yankees front office during the draft when Aaron Judge was available to draft Aaron Judge in the first round. When it wasn't like the consensus thing to do because people question, you know, his height, whether he was going to be able to last in the outfield, all that good stuff. Which, I mean, struggling with injuries. A little bit. Um, But, you know, you see the talent that Aaron Judge is and the, the eye for talent that Brian Barber has. He was with the Yankees for 18 years. And he's now our director of scouting. So, cheers to you, Phillies. Yeah, you uh, you did something nice, right there. Have been nice like five years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and it looks like they are on the verge of doing something else, right, Matt? Because John Heyman, who broke the Bryce Harper news for the Phillies, everybody loves John Heyman, uh, is reporting that Joe Girardi is likely to end up with the Phillies. He, you know, hit it off with Middleton and the front office, and you know. I think Brian Barber getting here 
played a fact is going to play a factor in Girardi coming. Girardi had two interviews with the Phillies, and it's kind of like how the Phillies win got JT Real Muto that convinced Bryce Harper full blown to come here. Um, I think Joe Girardi. I think we both agreed was the one guy that should be the front runner for this job, and it looks like he's going to be the next manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Be honest, I don't know how to feel about Joe Girardi just because. I think any Yankees manager that doesn't – I know he, he won a World Series with the Yankees. Was right, there for which, a decade. Which sucked. I hated that World Series so much. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, that was the best Phillies team I've ever seen in my life. Didn't win a World Series that year. Makes no sense. But that's baseball. Um, I go back and forth with Joe Girardi a lot because I, I do think he has good qualities, right? And I mean, listen, a lot of his Yankees teams, even though they spent a ton, were not actually very good teams. And I think he did a lot of good work to get them as sort of perennially playoff team to, to be there. But he was also like, you do you, you take some of that blame mm-hmm. when you're spending $200 million a year on salary and your team is like losing the divisional round or not even making playoffs. And I, I you can't put all the blame on his shoulders for that, but it just feels like, like, are we like, is he, is he going to come and transform anything? And Again, I think it's the same issue that it doesn't matter so much the manager as it does when you have the front office still intact like it is because they're the ultimate decision makers. Now, if they're being pushed in this new direction, because it seems like Joe Girardi wasn't necessarily like Clentac and, and the boys, it feels like Girardi isn't necessarily their choice, right? Like he's not their preferred candidate, um, which might be good because... I think maybe just doing the opposite of what they want might be the the right choice at at this time. Hello, Mike Scott on the broadcast. Yes. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't be upset with Joe Girardi. I don't want to make it seem like I think he's like a clown or a hack or anything. I just think I'm not like totally sold on him as a manager, which is, you know, like I don't have to be right. Like I don't have to love the guy the moment, but I, I, I think he has good redeeming qualities. And again, I think, he did drag some of those Yankee teams to playoff appearances mm-hmm. at least. And I do think he was able to extend talent and, and make teams better than they actually were. Which, I, it, Again, if you have a, the amount of money that they were right. spending at the time, you should be able to. But, uh, I mean, this team is hopefully going to have a similar type of payroll. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, hey, listen, you know what? I'll, I'll forgive him for 2009 if he, if he wins us a World Series the next few yep. years, if he becomes our manager. My so. thing with Girardi is, one, he does believe in analytics, which yeah. is he has his, a good he has thing. his binder, right? His, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think Clentech and McPhail are okay with the hiring. I'm pretty sure they wanted Showalter, but yeah. apparently Jamie Apodi from 6ABC, uh, per one of her sources, said that Buck Showalter hates Bryce Harper. Uh, so I think that kind of knocked him down completely out. Um, but you know, with Joe Girardi, he, he was with the Yankees for a decade. A lot of people forget he was, he was with the Marlins as well. And one manager of the year when he was there, hard to believe a a, six, right? Yeah. When they were, you know, pretty, pretty solid. He had a really good managerial career there. Uh, he's been in TV recently, uh, since he was fired by the Yankees or just not renewed. I forget exactly. Not sure what happened. Our uh, our streaming computer like completely yeah, shut down. Of Gabe Kapler. Um, so sorry to everybody that was watching on Facebook. But uh, you know Joe Girardi, like we said, looks poised to be the next manager of the Phillies, which I think is a positive. And it's one of those things that this team needed a a clubhouse 
kind of culture change. You know, the last couple of years we talked about Fortnite, and uh, I think Joe Girardi will kind of enforce a little bit heavier than Gabe probably did and be a little bit more of a quote-unquote, like Jim Salisbury has said, a boss type Mm -hmm. and uh, get these guys in the right mindset to go through, you know, a March to to October season hopefully. And, um, you know, we'll see if Joe Girardi's managerial stint with the Phillies lasts longer than the last three of Ryan Sandberg, Pete McCann, and Gabe Kapler. Yeah, we have not don't have the greatest track record, do we, in recent years of, of managers. So hopefully he's the one, right? Like, And I think what's interesting is Yankees fans still have a generally like positive opinion of him. No one, like, And Yankees fans are the type of fans that definitely are much more uh, – much tougher on, on managers and players alike uh, than, than a lot of other fan bases would be. So I've seen some say, you know, like he – really was kind of upset that he left but you know obviously they're in a great place now um but no real ill will towards him or anything so that's that's good at least i don't know i like i'm ready to see what happens i'm I'm ready to roll with it but you know i'm, I'm gonna need some time with the phillies you know we, we'll see david ross was hired today as the cubs manager yeah, to which, allegedly the cut the team hasn't announced it yeah. but it's been leaked but uh that kind of eliminated any hint of Girardi not coming here because I don't think he's going to go to the Mets where Mets haven't even had him back for his second interview they correct? they actually did they it was did. reported today that uh it was held on Monday I want to mm-hmm. say but the Mets are, are casting such a wide net of managerial still candidates. feels like they're very early in their process yeah like they're still does. trying to narrow it down where the Phillies had it narrowed down right off the bat with yeah. just three guys the Mets have been interviewing Carlos Beltran because the Phillies have been checked out since uh July <laughs> been a long time to work on that list. and uh the Mets apparently have a quote-unquote bombshell candidate uh no idea who that is or what that would be uh Pete Rose <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they didn't say anything about Could him you being imagine? a manager um a lot of people were speculating Alex Rodriguez. That was refuted. It's not David Wright. So we'll see what the Mets do. Hopefully it, it uh, makes Mike them Piazza. implode. <laughs> that's what it's got to be. <laughs> that's actually a really good option. Uh, that's actually really interesting. I it's would Mike not be Piazza. Shot. It definitely is. <laughs> that's really good. There it is. We can, we'll be the breaking uh, the Mike breaking Piazza is going to be the next manager of the Mets. Um we're working on, you know, when Girardi is officially hired, we're working on getting a couple Yankees people on to kind of just give us the breakdown of Girardi's career in New York, what we should expect, and uh, also a little bit of Brian Barber sprinkled in there too to just kind of see, uh, you know, what the Phillies are in store for when it comes to scouting, when it comes to the next manager to be, as uh, John Heyman said, looks like it's going to be Joe Girardi, so... Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, and this is just step one of uh, what needs to happen, and getting a manager and his coaching staff in here is an important part. So we'll see what goes down there. And, uh, yeah. Simone Biles did a uh, flip before she threw out the first pitch. Tonight. Incredible. It's stupid impressive. She's unbelievable. She is. Uh, when I, you talk about a GOAT, yeah, she is one of the greatest of all time That's in terms of just athletes. Yeah, shout out to Houston for <laughs> making me absolutely <laughs> hate you you had you had one job and it was it was oh my god i'm just rooting for players at this point oh, dude i like because at least as far as we know the players are good people well are they 
outside of <laughs> the one that shouldn't even be on a team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Altuve, Correa. It, like, it was so easy for Houston to be like the likable team. <laughs> so easy. You idiots. <sighs> oh, my God. Terrible. This is a living nightmare. It is. We're this just is, here. You know, uh, I almost would have preferred the Yankees. Because, like, Yankees fans are already cocky. Yep. They're yeah, already like, annoying. We deal with it on a daily like, basis. What's what's another ring? It's like Patriots fans. Like, eh, yep. who cares Whatever. at this point? Pile it on. I don't care. Oh, man. So, we'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on with the Sixers, the Eagles, the Phillies, and those Flyers uh, over on the Twitter.com, at UndergroundPHI. So, make sure you follow us there. We're very close to 2,100 followers, which is absolutely insane to think about from where we were at this point last year. Um, and then... Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Since we had that little fluke with our computer, you'll get the full episode there. Uh, leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your opinions on uh, Joe Girardi potentially being the next manager of the Philadelphia Phillies and your predictions for this Sixer season. We will read them on the podcast as we get them. Uh, so leave them there. And you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, and we are really pumping the hell out of iHeartRadio. We we can be streamed and followed on iHeartRadio, so make sure you hit us up there as well. Shout out to our friends at Design Tree. And as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novig Automobile, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 178. Let's go Sixers. Philly Unite. Let's do the damn thing, baby. Union tomorrow. Union. Big game. Going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, baby. Hopefully better than the last time we were there. <laughs> I think the Union win. I'm I'm all in. We've beaten Atlanta multiple times this season. I Hell of a call good. for the uh, the game-winning oh my God. thing there. What a win. I'm losing my mind. Shout out to Bedoya. Put it all on the line. That's what we love. We love to see it. Uh, we'll dive into the Union a little bit more on Saturday as well. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about, you know, a union championship run. That'd be, that'd be real nice. That'd be real nice to see. But episode 178 has come to an end. We will catch you guys again on Saturday. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, for Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.